I just don't understand how anybody concerned about fascism can look at what the World Economic Forum is doing and not have every red flag in their mind be going off. The Great Reset, it's great. There's nothing greater. You will know nothing and you will be happy. I saw this woman, not a very good looking woman, but she said, I wish I didn't own anything and we're happy. I don't think faithful members of our church realize how dangerous this is because all the time Mormons get bamboozled by secularists who hate them into adopting measures that will hurt the church in the future under the guise of something benevolent. I keep getting comments from people and they keep asking the same question over and over is where is our Captain Moroni? You know, who, who is it going to be? Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Midnight Mormons. I am your host, Cardinalis, and today we've got a big crew in the studio. We got Kwaku L, Brad Whitbeck, and Richard Stafford, who is a big-time libertarian in the California Libertarian Party and the National Party. I'm probably going to botch your introduction so you can do it yourself. You know what I'm saying? But he actually wanted to come on the show to talk about a super killer headline that the Great Reset is actually Satan's counterfeit of the restoration of the gospel through the prophet Joseph Smith, which sounds super intriguing. So we invited him to come on the show and to talk about it a little bit. So, um, yeah, take it away, Richard, introduce yourself, tell us your credentials and then make your bold claim. My man. Fair enough. Well, my, my credentials aren't very extensive. Um, I am just the, the chair for the libertarian party of Humboldt County up in Northern California. Oh, nice. just the libertarian chair just, yeah, just no. for, for one County. All right. There's a lot of counties in California. It's a County with all the weeds. So good thing that you're, uh, yes. you know, yes. good thing you're libertarian. You in know? fact, yeah. one of our, in fact, one of our towns just, uh, decriminalized the possession of psilocybin. So, really? so oh. things are things are marching forward. <laughs> <laughs> we still have to get that one GOP candidate and bishop who said that uh, ayahuasca on the Indian reservation. Oh, I've got his email now. We can, oh, you got his email? Yeah, 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 we should reach out to him. Okay, and Bill Reel's been a little bit nicer. Ever he's, since he had that ayahuasca trip. Yeah, he's been a little bit nicer. Yeah. So, I mean, there might be something going on here, you know? The ego so, death. Yeah, so, um, Richard, you say that... I mean, you intrigued me in our phone call where you said the Great Reset is Satan's counterfeit of the restoration. Tell us what you mean. So I was reading over uh, an article written by Elder Larry R. Lawrence back in April 2017. Okay, cool. Entitled The War Goes On. Okay. Um, I know I know Larry. He's from uh, my stake in Fresno back when I was growing up. Okay, cool. Uh, I had him and his family as leaders. And so I've always been intrigued by his take on things. And okay, he goes cool. over Satan's strategies, uh, namely temptation as one strategy. The second strategy Satan uses is lies and deception, which includes uh, counterfeiting, mm-hmm. which which we're all very familiar with. And then the third is contention. And so what we're seeing and what I've been trying to follow on this with the Great Reset is their initiatives that they're pushing are just counterfeits of the restoration. So if I understand you correctly, just by Kwaku previously had said his friend had an interaction um, with Satan in, or, or, or with uh, a, a, a satanic personages, a personage that said, I need a place to keep my moths. 
You know what I'm saying? And you had said moths are Satan's counterfeit of butterflies. Yeah. And then Brad says that zombies, I think it was zombies, are Satan's counterfeit. Of the resurrection. Yeah, okay, yeah. or the resurrection. Now we've got the Great Reset being Satan's counterfeit of the restoration. Okay, Correct. cool. Keep going. Keep hitting it. So one of the things that we have to keep in mind about counterfeits is that it's not necessarily direct opposites. We're not talking about counterfeits as being black and white. We can very clearly see, see the distinction between the two. Mm-hmm. When we talk about counterfeit money, we're talking about things that are trying to be passed as real yeah. uh, to pull the wool over people's eyes. Yep. So what we have is the very elect potentially being led away by these efforts of very well-intentioned people, but who might be being led by uh, Satan himself on creating the conditions that are running counter to the the restoration, which we know is the true effort. It's an ongoing process. And so is the Great Reset. They talk about their initiatives as to what they are trying to create. Uh, and it's not it's not exactly what you would call righteous. Yeah. I when whenever I look at anything Great Reset wise, and by the way, anybody who wants to like check out any of this. The Great Reset specifically is what the World Economic Forum called their meeting in 2020. And, and they, they write about it in their own words. Yes. Like, this isn't a conspiracy theory. They literally <laughs> made up the phrase, you will own nothing and be happy. Yes. Like, we're just quoting Didn't them. It's Klaus like, Schwab have an actual book called The Great Reset? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, okay. and, and so when you look <laughs> yeah. this up, I, I, I just don't understand how anybody concerned about fascism can look at what the World Economic Forum is doing and not have every red flag in their mind be going off and just right. hearing these whistles like, this is bad. This is you all know of these government entities getting together with all of these corporate interests and like, hey. That's never gone wrong, though. That's- <laughs> <laughs> you know one of the best services that Donald Trump could do to his country? Huh. Just join the board of trustees of the World Economic Forum. And just get up there and give a speech that's saying, I fully endorse every one of these principles. And just watch the American corporate media absolutely melt down because now they are stuck in <laughs> the ultimate. Now they're stuck in the ultimate, like, we don't know what to do because they are orange man bad. The worldwide media is orange man bad. And if he just walked in there and said, I love the Great Reset, the Great Reset, it's great. There's nothing greater. You will know nothing and you will be happy. I saw this woman, not a very good looking woman, but she said, I wish I didn't own anything and we're happy and you'll be happy. You know what I'm saying? If he would just like do that and the the media would not know what to do. They'd be like, okay, we have to choose now between Donald Trump and Klaus Schwab. And either way, we have to talk crap about the (laughs) the World Economic Forum now. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? They'd find a way. They'd find a way. So anyway, keep going. I apologize. Yeah. No, you're you're right. You're absolutely right. If Donald Trump did that, it would cause great dissonance uh, in the cognitive. So let's get into specifics, though. Like just like zombies are the counterfeit right. of the resurrection. What's the counterfeit in the Great Reset? Is it the bugs? Is it the bugs? It, it, it could be for the, the bugs. Yeah, right? they have a Live weird the dietary pod. code when yeah. we have a good actual <laughs> word of wisdom. Not, We've got the, the word of wisdom. <laughs> yeah. Right. But you can just take them by their own words. One of their uh, initiatives is creating conditions for a stakeholder economy. So what does that mean? Well, in their own words, it says the planet is thus the center of the global economic system and its health should be optimized in the decisions made by all other stakeholders. So we have been commanded 
to be good stewards of this earth. Yeah. So it resonates with us that we should want to take care of this planet. Mm -hmm. So then, by the way, you don't have to hide your phone off screen, bro. You can just read from a dog, right? Jim well, Rome had a rule: no reading in the fishbowl. You know what I'm saying? I don't have that rule, but you just got to stick the phone in front of your face so you can read it faster. Sure. <laughs> yeah, but I, I really like that you bring that one up because I think there are people who are like, "Oh yeah, no, we need to take good care of the Earth." Mm -hmm. Obviously, this is a good thing. But when you look at the way that they're planning to do it with their ESG scores and the way that they're using it to kind of bankrupt farmers in Sri Lanka. Correct. And then, oh, oh, now they're doing it in the Netherlands. Oh, and in, in the UK. Oh, are they starting to do it in Canada? Maybe there's a pattern that we should maybe. By the way, I don't think people realize. To. I don't think faithful members of our church realize how dangerous this is because all the time Mormons get bamboozled by secularists who hate them into adopting measures that will hurt the church in the future under the guise of something benevolent. Just like Ahmed Corbett said, that has to have a guise and a veneer of religiosity. You know what I'm saying? All the time they accept these principles. Now, ESG scores. Well, what's wrong with giving like a company like an environmental credit score that just shows whether or not it loves our planet? Because aren't we supposed to be good stewards of the planet? You know, they don't realize the second you accept this ESG score, they bait and switch, which they always do. They always bait and switch. Be like, oh, that's the way it was in year one. But for year two into eternity, it's going to be this way. Um, the Mormon church is hate speech. And if you're caught donating in them now, you're donating to a hateful organization and Therefore, your tithing now will be used to track you, give you a lower ESG score, higher interest rates on your home because you won't qualify for as big a loan because you participate in that church. Therefore, you will have less opportunity to accumulate intergenerational wealth. You know what I'm saying? Uh, anything that you say, if you quote scripture, that's quoting hate speech. Might as well be mind Kampf, that Book of Mormon, everything that they've said about, you know, X, Y or Z thing. You know, th this is insanely dangerous territory that even members of the church just get bamboozled in because, oh, well, it's about saving our planet, right? Yeah. And we absolutely believe in being good stewards. Yes. We're supposed to take care of this earth, but we need to be doing it voluntarily, not by being bullied by uh, yeah. lenders reliant on ESG scores, which that data is based on social justice criteria, which is changing all the time. And ironically, isn't even giving money to the best possible options. If we Correct. cared, we would be funding nuclear to be actually getting us better energy. Dude, but did you see BYU, BYU built its own molten nuclear salt reactor? reactor. Yeah. We need to do an episode on that. Yes. Because it's awesome. Uh, but yeah, we will. Okay, keep going. Ironically, you have people who are like, hey, we just need to do what's best for the environment. And wh when we say best for the environment, we mean wind farms that are murdering all of these birds and bats that are actually good pollinators. Um, but we have investments in these wind companies. So we're going to yeah. focus on those ones, not the... Not these nuclear reactors that could help, right? Now, this is Correct. why I've always said, like, I wish all members of the church were libertarian. If the Libertarian Party weren't the Losertarian Party. You know what I'm saying? Like, if the Libertarian Party could get its act together, I think it would have an extremely strong, permanent 1.5% of the voting bloc. I think the average member of the church, in his personal views, is extremely libertarian, except for some really dopey stuff they do. And we're not just talking about what is Aleppo. Like, I mean... I was I identified as libertarian for probably a solid decade of my life. Sure. Okay. And uh, in Utah, it's a fool's errand identifying as libertarian because like, you know, whatever. But um, that was when I was in college. But um, I got to tell you, dude, I can see 
why libertarians fail sometimes because like you'll go to these libertarian conferences and I would cover them for my radio station and stuff like that. Yeah. And you know, they, we all get that they're all pro drug, just legalized drugs. And to a certain extent, I'm the same way. I'm like, just legalize it. And let's put the money on the failed war of drugs into rehabilitation and education. And we probably yield a better society. There's good arguments for and against, right? But all of us agree kids shouldn't be doing it. But these libertarians, I've literally seen video footage where they get up and like a guy says, yeah, there should be no regulations on drugs, right? And the reporter's like, well, do you really think eight-year-olds should have like access to crystal meth? No regulation. <laughs> you know, it's like, what? I am and a that, purist. You know, like, <laughs> you yeah, know? like, like, like oh, they're okay. such purists. It's like, this is like the number two in line in the party, right? And then the third guy standing next to Gary Johnson, they're talking about driver's licenses because a huge push in the libertarian movement is how the government oppressively regulates the economy by not issuing simple licenses to people that want to engage in um in certain types of commerce right and so like they're talking about how you shouldn't have driver's licenses and then gary johnson gets up and says like well i, I don't think there's something wrong with a, a basic proficiency exam to show you know how to use a car before we let you on public streets and the audience is like <laughs> you know it's just like how do you get anywhere with that unless you're literally like an ancap guy you know what i'm saying that uh -huh. believes in like literally no borders and everybody has to walk around with a gun like their doc holiday in the middle of you know the I, okay I, uh, corral i agree but i want to hear more about the great reset yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, okay we cool. should do Keep a going. libertarian episode with him too oh yeah we'll do that yeah. okay so hey, totally great reset back to the great reset so so back to the great reset another one of the things that they they push for is harnessing the innovations of the fourth industrial revolution which means focusing on automation mm -hmm. and the removal of people from producing. And we're told that we're supposed to eat bread by the sweat of our brow. That's, mm -hmm. that's what we're told we're supposed to do. And so removing work from our daily life removes that struggle and it removes that effort that we have to put in to what we actually produce. Here's one thing where I might say they have a point though. Mm -hmm. I don't think anyone needs to be an accountant. If we can run the algorithms so that you don't have anyone needing to have the sweat of their brow be accounting for I'll this. push back. What? When you centralize less and less of that accounting into more and more manipulable, dare I say, voting machines. I mean, dare I say, algorithms that can be manipulated by those that create them. The potential for widespread abuse is higher than when it's decentralized. So some of these things like, uh, for example, people that check out your groceries. Or sometimes, you know, that I could see as being like, okay, cool. People always say we want to get rid of those. Yeah, but they're, every time somebody's caught an error in something I was going to pay for, it's been a human that's been in the line and said, whoa, why are these $5 each? These are supposed to be 50 cents each. Mm -hmm. And they'll go in and they'll fix it. What, right? what I'm going to say here is I, I don't see these ones as necessarily directly opposed to each other. Right. Because you can have the fourth industrial revolution change the type of work people are doing without making it so that people are no longer working at all and taking humans out of the workforce. Although the Great Reset is kind of pushing for that. Right. Yeah. And, I, I, and that's how counterfeits work, right? Yeah. Is it's not in direct opposition to it. Mm -hmm. It's just mirroring it in, in a false way. Mm -hmm. So the idea is that by pushing for automation, it is good in some industries, but doing it widespread throughout the United States globally there ends up being a lot of issues like you were talking about with centralized information and authority on how many points of failure. Well, now it becomes one point of failure instead of it being distributed uh, throughout the populace 
we can have a robust, sustainable uh, approach to producing in the workplace and across the world. But we can't do that if everything has a single point of failure, one server goes down, and all of a sudden there's out. no crops for the so next So Andrew months. Yang yeah. was right. The robots are coming. The robots are coming. You know what I'm saying? Nobody else got that. No, I but, did. No, I, I just did. think you you might actually. So Andrew Yang might kind of be playing into some of these World Economic Forum. Yeah, I also things. like that the way he talked point. about it. Left room for the World Economic Forum to be the solution. Correct. Oh, so yeah, so he was a plant. He was a Klaus Schwab. He could have been. I I don't think he necessarily was. Um, but the way that he was talking about some of these issues, you could construe. You could have World Economic Forum solutions be the answers to the problems that he was addressing p.s right. point of failure that's a super cool term sounds like like somebody like ex-military or ex-law enforcement that used to analyze how things failed sure came up with that term you know what i'm saying because like yeah it's a point of failure you know what i'm saying and you're also really yoked so when you say it it sounds super alpha chad yeah. so i'm totally just like digging every ounce of this you know what i'm this saying is, this is all genetic the <laughs> last time i was in the gym was before my motorcycle accident and now like, you're just cooler before my motorcycle accident <laughs> kept me from you know Pounding plates every day. <laughs> you sure. know what I'm saying? That, that's funny. That's okay, awesome. so keep going. Great reset. Mm -hmm. Satan's uh, counterfeit. Point number three. What is it? Hit point, it. point number three. Uh, they talk about uh, the building of the nation and of the world is it needs to be more resilient, equitable, and sustainable in in all of its efforts. And these are these are buzzwords used by by militant leftists on on the things that they want to use to invoke By social the way, change we don't call them it's not proper to call them militant leftists we just call them anti-mormons sure <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> and so these are these are the terms that they use and we see it not only in this uh structure of how they want to structure the economy but also in the esg scores because that's what all the data is based off of mm -hmm. on on equitability inclusion in the workplace and those those are noble and laudable things to have but as as secondary to the actual efficiency and production of whatever the industry is. And far too often, from what I've seen with what the Great Reset is um, trying to put forward as the solution, it's centralizing government power right? over and over and over. That's what it comes back to. It's like, oh, here's the problem. The solution is give us all the power and we'll take care so, of you. So I'm going to channel some of my inner Quaker here and ask you guys a question, okay? Yeah. He says... Book of Mormon's one of the greatest books because it actually calls out secret combinations. Okay. Mm -hmm. And like Brad said, you know, the Book of Mormon reveals actually how Satan operates. And the big problem that I've seen and I've observed with the Great Reset is how it seems basically like one big, fat, ugly secret combination that literally just wants to destroy the freedoms of a freedom-loving people. Okay. And I look at it and I think, well... The secret combinations kind of won in the Book of Mormon. Like the, the big sucky part of being a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and having a holy book that you regard as scripture that literally lays bare how secret combinations work and exposes them and tells you how to spiritually prepare for the afterlife and, and, and surviving in spite of them and so on and so forth. If you actually holistically look at the Book of Mormon, the thing that sucks is the Gadian robbers won. So is us kind of like even talking about the Great Reset just a little bit of a fool's errand because it's in our scripture and in the very name of our church, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we know this is the latter days. Is it kind of a fool's errand that we even talk about this? 
No. Not at all. No. 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 <laughs> because we're, we're commanded to be wise as serpents, right? Yeah. And so we need to be aware of these things. But did they have to say serpents? Quaku has a problem with serpents. Well, I mean, you've got you a know? cobra on your shirt, so. Yeah. Oh. oh cobra So be wise as serpents, harmless as doves. We right. can cover this. And, and so we should be harmless as doves in pursuing the restoration and not the great reset. Yeah. Because that's really the great work that we're supposed to be focused on. Our, our work, our effort shouldn't be focused on trying to stop the great reset. Our, our effort should be focused on growing the kingdom of God, spreading the gospel, mm-hmm. teaching people the truth, because then by implementing these true principles in their lives, they will govern themselves and it will negate the, the existence or the implementation of a great reset. Okay, cool. All right, keep going. Yeah. yeah. And, and honestly, back to your question, Cardin, uh, we don't know where in the end latter time, latter days we are right now, right? The Gadianton robbers were defeated a couple of times in the Book of Mormon. Oh, that's and, true. And they were resisted by there people who were, yeah, they were, they were resisted by people who were actually living the principles of God, just like mm-hmm. um, Richard's saying here. So th- that's what we need to do. Focus on what the true principles are and how we apply those in our lives in a way that we don't end up giving away all of our personal responsibility and agency to another source and into a government that can then tell us what we can and cannot do. Correct. We we need to take the Captain Moroni approach is, you know, raise our title of liberty, wave it around and remind ourselves, most importantly, and then our neighbors about what these true principles are that we're supposed to be fighting for. So what's like a modern title of liberty that you feel has been raised or just do you feel like it hasn't been raised and it's up to this generation to do it? What do you think? Well, I hear a lot from people online. I'm actually uh, one of the admins for the title of liberty Facebook group. That is comprised of largely members of the church from all different political backgrounds. Why does that sound like it can be super right wing? (laughs) So so largely because of Mike Lee. (laughs) And and to your point, you mentioned that most members of the church, right, 85 Uh percent are conservative in some way. And that's reflected also in this group where most people are conservative, libertarian. And we've got a couple of uh, of progmos in there. Right. That uh, that (laughs) advocate for things that a couple that there's there's okay. at least a handful. Yeah. Uh, but I keep getting comments from people and they keep asking the same question over and over is where is our Captain Moroni? You know, who who is it going to be? And the response I typically have people is it's you. Right. If you feel this desire to to have there be somebody to rise up. Right. You be that Captain Moroni, because remember, he's not the king. He's not the general. He's a captain, just like. You're an elder in the priesthood, right? It's your job to, within Mm. your stewardship, be a good influence and affect change as locally as possible. Now, see, I prefer to externalize my frustrations and blame small groups of people, preferably a certain generation for my problems. (laughs) And now you're telling me that personal responsibility trumps my externalization and that I actually have to put in more hard work into self-improvement Instead of just like writing hit pieces online and saying disparaging things about those I view as responsible for my problems. Well, yes. you know, the, the, the yeah. higher you the higher you fly in this, right? The more you attain and the greater uh, influence you become, the greater uh, condemnation it is against the the be umers, right? About the, their lack of responsibility and just letting things fall to the wayside. Right. And, and- to go back to the scriptures on what you're saying, uh, Alma 48 literally says that if all men had been and were and would be like unto Captain Moroni, the very gates of hell would be shaken, right? 
And so, like you're saying, it's up to us to be that change. And so I think that as we focus yeah, on so that. Yeah, so what can we do, dog? Like, like what's your prescription? Gospel. We've got like, oh, come on, that's a cop out. I want some specific. That, that isn't the cop out. We got five more minutes left in this podcast, and I want to know Richard's prescription here because we've come in, we've diagnosed the problem, we've discussed the problem, and I want to know what he thinks we got to do. Like, how can we fight this? How can we be Captain Moroni's in the modern age? Sure. So you had Lance Christensen on uh, a couple of weeks ago. and the, Right. Awesome guy. Voted for him in this election because I believe cool. in, not just because he's a member of the church, but because I believe in what he's actually fighting for. Yeah. Because he's fighting the good fight. Mm. And he even said when you asked, you know, so what do we do? Do we flee? Do we fight? And and his response was essentially, we fight. Right. This okay, is this on. is our state. Right. These are these are our people. If we have Christ like love to our neighbors, we're going to do everything in our power mm. to to help bring that gospel to them. So when President Nelson has a regional conference and says, please stay. Right. That is that is a request. But we know it's a noble request because we care about the millions of people that are here in this valley and all throughout the state. And and that's that's our goal is to bring everybody back in. But you ask, what do we do? Yeah. We get involved locally, right? The Libertarian Party is taking this same approach. Uh, oh, I the love Mises it. It became caucus. a plug. So, it became a plug for the Libertarians. I dig yeah. it. Specifically, dig the Mises Caucus. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So the Mises Caucus yeah. is uh, running this initiative called Project Decentralized Revolution. And the idea is anybody who has uh, these libertarian feelings is able to sign up, get their information in, and we help connect you with local races that are very winnable. You know, we're talking waterboard, PTA, things that have direct impact and influence that are just not as glamorous as, well, running for city council, running for board of supervisors. That's true. Oftentimes people think that, oh, I got to go to Washington to change things. They don't realize, no, like we have a psychopath that's literally running for Congress. And the only reason that she exists, like I'm in the district of Katie Hill, like one of the only Congress people that has been actually censured and removed for improper behavior. Like right. the, the, the scandal she was having with both genders of her interns with the illicit substances and the questionable tattoos and the, I mean I can't even I can't say what she was doing on YouTube without it getting removed right and that right. was straight up my district right so people only realize that the only reason why some of these people make it up to these higher offices is because they survive so long and gain confidence in the lower ones right and you can stop the ex-candidate that does horrible things in Congress if you keep them from surviving three rounds on the water board. Right. You know what I'm saying? And besides, water's important. It's all contaminated anyway. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and we're talking about rates and we're talking about improving infrastructure and services, things that are, are laudable efforts, things that have a direct impact on people's lives. Uh, but also to your, your point is what else can we do? We've got the age of sanctuary cities, sanctuary states, I've got cities in California. I've got cities in other states that have said, yeah, we're negating state law. We're just going to be a sanctuary state for firearms. We're going to be a sanctuary yeah. state for for enter effort, right? Yeah. And that's happening on a local level uh -huh. because if you've got a good sheriff in place, there's a lot of good that can happen because they can look at bad law and go, we're just not going to enforce it. Yeah. We don't think that's important for our for our community. Mm. We're going to stop uh, these interdiction efforts, and instead, we're going to focus on actually 
violent crime. We're going to focus on mm. property crime, theft, abuse, cool. things that have an actual victim to them as opposed to things that just have imagined victims like uh, you're, you're parking your RV in your own driveway and you're not allowed to have your family stay in it overnight. Oh, yeah, like right? all of that garbage regulation. Where, where yeah. you understand the focus is to, to discourage vagrants, but when you're applying it to taxpaying citizens who have done nothing else wrong, you're going, this is an improper use of government. And people can have a direct impact by going, you know what? I'm going to get onto these boards. I'm going to get involved and have my voice be heard mm -hmm. and be that that influence for change at a local level because that's where it makes the greatest impact. Okay, cool. Um, before we end this right here, uh, are you going to eat the bugs? I, I have eaten bugs from uh, Hot Licks, uh, <laughs> chocolate-covered scorpions, uh, cheddar-covered uh, weevils. Like I've, I've done it. Right. But that's just that's just who I am. I will not eat it, however, as as a mandate. Mandates mandates go against my libertarian values. <laughs> that's funny. All right. Awesome. So you must love Russell M. Nelson's uh, little letter about the backs. Yep. So no, I'm totally just kidding. No, I'm totally I, just kidding. Maybe that's another podcast. How do you as a libertarian, how do you feel about the church's backing of the vaccine? And how do you feel about the church's ties to some of these big pharmaceutical companies? Ooh, sure. okay. You know what? That's can, the next one. We can one. definitely another make one. another one. We're gonna jump right. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna stop this one right here because we've tackled the great reset. I'm just gonna stop right here. Wait, We're gonna come back. One final thing. Oh yeah, hit it. At the core of the great reset, and at the core of everything that we've just been talking about, is actually something that you touched on earlier, Carton. It is the recognition of your personal responsibility. We have, as a society. People who are just abdicating their agency because it is more comfortable for them to say other people are responsible for the bad situation that I'm in. Right. Yeah. So I think one of the biggest things that we can do in our own personal lives is to say, hey, I'm going to live this principle of agency. I'm going to take responsibility for my actions. Dude, you're cutting at the core of this. And your one last thing led me to my one last thing that if you think about it, this is all war in heaven stuff. Yes. Ultimately, that's how that's ultimately how the great Richard reset yeah. is slowly making it that a man no longer has to be responsible for his own actions yes. or his own demise. Exactly. Wow. Correct. This was some deep stuff. Correct. This is this is all in line with that, right? Like you were saying, we as the Libertarian Party, me personally, I want people to be free enough not just to do what they want, but to do what they ought. Right. Mm -hmm. To have it be a personal responsibility that starts from within and that best starts with the gospel. OK, mm -hmm. dude. Awesome. Sick. I'm loving this. It best starts with the gospel. This is amazing. We're going to do the next one. Stay tuned. This is Midnight Mormons. See you in the next program. Hey guys, Cardinellis here. Thanks for watching the video. Now, before we go on to the next video, we gotta talk. We've got a ton of subscribers for which we are very grateful, but unfortunately, I'm going over the analytics and less than 15% of you guys have clicked on the bell icon next to the subscribe button. Now, besides being subscribed to this channel, you need to click that bell icon so you get alerted to every video we drop. We're making about three videos a week, dropping them once every other day, and you're not going to see all of them unless you've clicked on that bell icon. So please make sure you like and you share and you subscribe and you also click on the bell icon. See you guys in the next program.